The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Guess what decision we're about to make? Horrible decision. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, guys, to yet another episode of Horrible Decisions. Don't do this. What? We have a white person in the building yet again. (laughs) The token white person. Wait, y'all know I love doing that, but also we also just talked about how actually dope you are and not really like everyone else, so we'll get into that. But before we do, I'm your girl, Mandy V, a.k.a. Pitt the Stallion, a.k.a. Pegging Markle, a.k.a. Mandy Baskins, a.k.a. Debbie. Mandy loves to go with her pegging AKAs, but she claims, oh my God, I don't even do that anymore. I mean, I'm trying. <laughs> I ain't gonna hold you. I've been traveling a lot. And do you know how much I've been traveling? So much so to where every time, I don't even take it out now, my luggage, the strap is there. Because it's nothing to buy a dildo, but straps be like 80 to 150 for the good ones. Uh-huh. And mine has like the Velcro. Mine just is hug it, my thighs right. like blinged out? It's not blinged out, but the last time that I was in L.A., the guy that I peg, and I really enjoy pegging, I didn't have my strap. He came over. He didn't bring the last dildo we bought. It's nothing to really purchase a dildo, right? Uh And I was just like, bro, I don't have my strap. You could just stay home. It was pointless to even see him. So now, because I don't want to experience that again, 
I literally do not take the strap out of my luggage. Strap, no love. You know, there we go. That's a good one. <laughs> and, well, and, my name is Wheezy, and I would say it's the same for me, but maybe with my charging pack, I just leave that in. <laughs> the fuck? Nina's toys. <laughs> I'm trying to think, though, like, you're such a mom. Not you saying my dog's toys. It's true. I Your Instagram know. stories are like all Nina. Hello. <laughs> Nina on the plane. Nina in first class on Delta That's One. That's how I can flex that I'm in first class. It's all, I know, dog? really. Okay, no, no, no. No, it's always Nina in front of the Delta One check-in. Because here's the thing. I feel like it's not, it's very uncouth if you post that you're laying down in first class. Like, okay, bitch. Uncouth? Oh, it does. I would never uncouth? be in first class. Like, yeah, you can't yeah. literally post that you're in first class like, Every other day. But I do it with the dog. So then people oh, are like, it's like just the oh, dog. It's just it's her. Fine. Mm-hmm. Well, do you know, apparently I heard that Valentino, the designer, has like a, he has a whole half of his airplane just for his dogs. How many dogs? Like apparently there's 12. That's ridiculous. No, they travel in their no. own car. That's a fucking basketball team. No, they I, need their own plane. Paris Hilton's got six. No, he has 12. They ha- travel, like, not even first class, like, in their own half of a private plane. They travel in their own car. I think they're, like, getting the money. Is there a documentary well, on I gave you all those props. Oh, there we're is a documentary I, I was like, him. oh, yeah, we're definitely, we're definitely trash. <laughs> They'll put the mic to the dog, like, and what does he do? <laughs> um, we have a very special guest today who was on our show years ago. You just said five years ago. Five years ago. Yeah. Liz Goldwyn. I've always called you founder of the sex ed, but then I remember you were telling me when you were doing press for your book, you were like, oh my God, please don't say I'm a podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> so what what are all the things that you do? Because I want to talk about that as to why you're so knowledgeable for this book, to make a book about this. I'm an author. This is my third book, actually. This subtle flex. Okay, excuse me. <laughs> it wasn't subtle. third book. It was, yeah. third, but it it was, was like, just bitch. as much as the Nina in first class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm an author. I started out at Planned Parenthood, working in the clinic when I was 13. So I've been doing in, what at 13? Answering phones, okay. organizing the media library, like playing solitaire on the computer. Telling and like, the protesters, get your ass oh, no, out there. Seriously, they were always calling the clinic See? with bomb threats. They were calling. They Wait, were calling. This was back in the day. Yeah. This was like pre-Google. So you couldn't look up like how to give a good blowjob or can you get pregnant from anal sex? So people would literally come in and like check out stuff from our media library, which it was my job to organize. And there were like pamphlets. I remember the pamphlets because they were also very, very much um, in the school nurse office. And so literally even how to put on a condom. There Mm -hmm. were pamphlets for everything sex Uh and you would have to go to the nurse's office. But it was only like how to put on a condom. Don't get like if you have sex, you'll get pregnant or you'll get AIDS and die. (laughs) (laughs) It was like there was no there was nothing like there is now. Did it scare you to have sex or did it make you feel like now I know now I have the tools so I can go fuck? You know what? When I was that age, I was like answering questions at school that were like way beyond my skill set. I talk about it this in the book because kids would ask me at recess questions about sex because I worked at Planned Parenthood. And they would, <laughs> and I would always be like, oh, if you have a urinary tract infection, drink cranberry juice. And that also helped you beat a drug test if you were being tested for marijuana. Wait, that's, that's not true? I, I, there's no way that's true. <laughs> well, now, they, now they test your blood. Now they test your well, blood. Well, no, they still make you pee, you in, pee a in a cup. Yeah. You have to pee in a cup. Okay, well, but, but also cranberry, the, like... But, but the cranberry, did you tell them it had to be the concentrate, not the ocean spray? Because the yeah, ocean no, spray the is the ocean, sugar shit. Yeah, the, you don't want ocean spray. You want, like, really, you can take the cranberry pills. Actually, I think that that's everyone, if you're having a lot of sex, pro tip, 
That's a good thing to always travel with. I ain't gonna hold you. I take them daily. Yeah. You take yeah. them with oh. your strap. No, no she's like, like I take them with strap. But, no, but, I'm just saying, like, you should always have it on hand because I've been caught in an emergency situation, like in a foreign country where it's like hard to get cranberry juice. But outside <laughs> of that, but outside of that, when you have sex, like, there's been times where I know I just got fucked the shit out of, right? Uh-huh. And I'm tired. But I also know I should go to Go go piss. You got to pee. Like, you but gotta but pee. I, if I ain't got to pee and I'm you tired, have to I have my out. point. So I'm like, I'm going to take a cranberry pill in the morning. But that's where like... Not that's your detox. No, you got to pee. You got to pee. But what if I go three rounds? Sometimes me and my man go five. I don't... And I'll try to piss, but towards the end, like I don't already piss twice. We done win another round and now I'm just going to go to sleep. You just put that sippy cup next to the bed. <laughs> First off, I'm not pissing in a cup, okay? I will get up. The bathroom is right I've there. I've peed in so many cups. I don't know why. Why are you peeing in cups? I'm trying to think. Where's the, the bathroom? Oh, I know the last time I did. This is crazy. I can't even believe I'm about to say this. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't have um, bathrooms in my bedrooms in, uh-huh. in, in New York. And I had a friend of mine who was on the couch with this guy. And this was pandemic time when I was like the afties. I was the spot during the pandemic to hang. And so I had to pee really bad, but I didn't want to break their stride because I could hear them about to fuck. And I was like looking around my room like, what am I going to do? So I just drank the rest of my drink, which made me even more drunk. And I peed in the cup. And I remember being so <laughs> embarrassed. To because pee in a cup in your own crib is crazy. <laughs> because they were about to fuck. And I was also, that I was crazy. I was high as fuck. And I was like, damn, I'm going to have to end up having a them if I get out there like I didn't know what to do so I just peed in the cup but I remember in the morning when I woke up I saw the pee and I was like now I gotta bring it out and everybody's sleeping in my living room is gonna see me holding this cup it was awful okay anyway about your- <laughs> so, so plant, wait, plant Parenthood what else we're still going down your resume by yeah. the way Ooh, talk about <laughs> the porn hunt thing you just did yeah well that's like flash forward a number of years okay so you want me to go yeah let's go chronological the future right, chronological fuck it okay so I planned parenthood and then when I was moved to New York when I was like 16 and I started um collecting burlesque costumes that I would get at the flea market and I ended up writing a book and my first book and making a movie that I sold to HBO called pretty things about the last generation of American burlesque queens and the advent of strippers and all these people, especially because I do wow. come from like a Hollywood family, they were like, why do you care about these dead strippers? No one's going to care about this. This was pre like Pussycat Dolls, by the way. Mm. Um, pre Christina Aguilera. Pre Coyote Ugly. Yeah, yeah. Pre. No, post Coyote Ugly. Post Coyote Ugly. Okay. But Coyote Ugly wasn't really like. Was it wasn't really like Lady burlesque. Marmalade? Marmalade? Uh, Gucci, Gucci. What year did yeah, that, yeah, was, da, da, year did that come out? <laughs> I don't remember oh, what year I that mean, came out. Gucci, Gucci, oh, yeah, 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 that's yeah. Not, that was <laughs> such a good Mocha song. Mocha yeah, yeah. Wait, you don't know the, the oh, year Lady that you Marvel. did it? No, I don't know. You're the year oh, Lady oh, Marmalade because, came out because I feel like it became mainstream when they yeah. came out in there. Yeah, the so, that that was, so this my, year was 2001. Okay, so that was after mine came out 2005. Okay. The first movie and the book came out 2005. 2005. Okay. So I was like photographing myself in these burlesque costumes and then like learning about burlesque and sex from these 80 year old women who had <laughs> been stars of the 1930s and 40s. And at the time, I was like a young married woman, literally having my like sexual like awakening through these like 80 year old women. It was pretty wild, actually. Wow. Because I was like kind of like a 1950s housewife. Like you give my, a 1950s vibe all I the am time. a 1950s you housewife. The, the, you're, like, this is 1950s, but they More. wouldn't have let you wear the leather skirt back then. Well, oh, maybe. if I was a bad girl. Ooh. 
I had for my wet for my honeymoon, I went to trashy lingerie in LA and I had like housewife outfits made. Like, you know, like that was like my role play was that I was just really yeah, because I was a terrible housewife actually. Like I didn't know how to cook. I was really into like making the bed. No, actually I didn't make the bed. I didn't make the bed. You were a housewife with no high housewife skills? I was like 18 when you I met him. I could suck a dick, all right? Yeah, <laughs> I was good. <laughs> what would you rather have? I mean, would you rather have a girl that goes to trashy lingerie and has like a full like pretend housewife, like little maid? It was like a maid's uniform. Also, I love that you can actually live into the like, oop, I, I didn't clean this right. Beat me up. <laughs> like, let me push the vacuum like back and forth in one spot for an hour. I cannot imagine you doing role play. Well, I mean, I feel like it's kind of funny. It is. I'm too goofy. To I ain't going to hold you. Y'all ain't get to see it on camera. She lifted her whole leg and showed <laughs> us the bottom of her. Look, I can, I sense role play as soon as you were like, you don't like my fishness. You just get so in your head that I'm trying to imagine him asking you a question in the middle of role play that you can't answer. That's my greatest like fear Ooh, with role play. Like, what if I can't finish? Like, we're having Kiki Palmer on, right? And we did a little role play with her. And, like, I was like, fuck, she's she's just too quick. It felt like improv. And then I was stuck. Yeah, I'm not like, don't put me in the role play mistress category. You just want to be quiet and bend over in your outfit. Well, that's what I want to do. Yeah, sometimes. I don't want to do no talking. (laughs) No narrative. It's given. Let's play music in the background. No narrative. Silent movie movie happening here. Okay, so you created this book that then turned into a film. Uh, The film came out first with HBO. And then the book came out and called Pretty Things, The Last Generation of American Burlesque Queens. And then while I was researching that, I was always really fascinated with sex workers. Like from the time I was a kid. Yeah. Like always obsessed thinking about if I was born in another time period, what would be my choices as a woman? Mm. Because no no matter what, having a vulva would like dictate what I was allowed to do. Right? Yes and no, girl. I was born in the 90s and still chose to do some things. (laughs) I'm talking about if you're born 100, 200, 500 years ago. No, we always talk about prostitution being also the oldest. Yeah. The oldest oldest career, the oldest work, the oldest job. And so like I was just always fascinated with like also curious why did society condemn women for often back then, like taking one of the few choices available to them. Uh And I didn't feel like they should be shamed for that. The same way that I looked at burlesque and was like, these women were performing artists and they had like incredible costumes and choreography and music and they really worked on their routine. They spent a ton of money on their costumes too, like Three grand back then, like in the 1930s. And that's a lot. That's a lot of money. My homegirl home just a lot spent, of money. Uh, Medina, they just did a burlesque show in the in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And it's it was whole burlesque theme. She had a beautiful, like a velvet skirt with a corset top. Yeah. And she paid almost $300 for her costume. Yeah. And it's one of those like, you, you keep it, you buy it. But she's like, where am I going to wear this again to? But that's, that's, and that's cheap. End. That's on the cheap end. And it was oh, yeah. still like $300 for an outfit. Yeah. Mind you, titties are out. It's literally from here down. <laughs> whole titties are showing. She my nipples out. Like, whole titties. It, to me, it's like, girl, that's half a dress. That's not even a whole dress. But $300, you know what I mean? Yeah. So you just didn't like the shame that was I being put onto sex workers. I don't like shame put onto sex, period. I don't like shame put onto women. I don't like shame put onto anyone. Um, I think we like live in a culture of shame. So yeah, like that was my, so my second book, which was the last one came out in 2015 was historical fiction about vice and sex work in LA in the 1890s. What's it called? 
sporting guide. Sporting guide. Yeah, because wow. actually it was legal in certain areas back then, including in Los Angeles and on the old real maps of L.A. It says House of Ill Fame. Well, that's also why a lot of the porn mm-hmm. is still shot in like the valley in certain areas in L.A., right? This is way pre-porn. Pre- oh, wait. 1890s. Oh, shit. Pre-TV. Not 1980s. I, I think you're oh, pre, pre, Pre-radio. How the hell they found yeah. that? <laughs> like, how did you find that information? On the map, bitch. They because, unfolded you know, it. This just having <laughs> sex in the 1890s in this part in LA. Like, how do you... Because I'm a nerd. This is what I get off on. Like, all of my... my I guess oh, my fantasy... Oh, was your pussy <laughs> <laughs> Like, literally, I'm in the library, like, looking up ni- microfiche records. Like, adjusting my glasses. What's microfiche? <laughs> right. What, what yeah. That's, yeah, I'm a nerd. Yeah, like, girl, I don't know big words. What's m- going on? Microfiche is like, it's like film records, like oh. records that are on film, basically. Wow. And you have to like roll through them. Yeah, to you look are at the shit. Black sheep. No, <laughs> I love like a card catalog. <laughs> like, give me a fucking card catalog, the Dewey Decimal System. I love a library. Like, I just am a nerd that likes to get lost in research, whether that's like first person research, like, I love talking to anyone and hearing their stories, or like, being like, I wonder what happened in like 1874. You know what's hot this about place. this? A lot of girls like to say they're a nerd. Like, you know what I mean? On their like dating profiles. I'm so I'm nerdy. such a nerd. But like, you are. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so when you when you wrote I'm a nerd who can also recite most of the lyrics to Two Lives Crew Two Lives Crew. That's because that you have them. you have an all lives matter pussy list. You do. I, wait, do I have an all lives matter? You fit the diaspora in there. You show me a guy, I don't know what he's gonna look like. Like I don't I don't have a type. Oh, you don't have a type at all. I don't have a type. One had dread, no. like, one was like lengthy and like an eye like there's nothing no. that she has a type. She is a type, like alternative is your type. Oh, yeah, Yeah. they look poor. We talk about this all the time. (laughs) And then this bitch, everyone, uh, all of my friends have met like just a few people that are around. And uh, they're like, bitch, they all look like cousins. Apparently, even though they're all black, they're like, nope. They all look Middle Eastern or Dominican <laughs> or like they could be in their Arabian Sea somewhere. Like, I'm just like, Ooh, the Arabian like, Sea. Like, they're just Muslim. Like, what the, like, what the fuck? <laughs> from Harlem, what do you want from me? That is a type then. Uh, first off, I can't help the niggas from Harlem like me. You know what I mean? Muslim specifically? I do begin them and I don't know why. That's why for Halloween, I dressed up as a bacon and said, this is the only meat (laughs) Muslims eat right here, baby. Oh, my God. But yeah, no. No, I have no type. You couldn't, like, categorize. And do you like women as well? I'm definitely attracted to women, but I feel like I'm pretty heteronormative. Okay. Yeah. But that said, I feel like in my 60s, I'm going to get into some thruple shit. Why do you say that? I I don't know, (laughs) because I just feel like that's when I'm going to get really wild. That's when I'm. Are you keeping yourself from being wild right now because you're so professional as an author? Oh no, not (laughs) not at all, not at all. I wonder, like, I just like don't want to. I I I feel like a lot of times people think you stop having sex at a certain age or like life is an adventurous, and I don't think we should live like that. Do you think I want to be having sexier though? A hundred percent. I feel like I'm having way better sex now than I did when I was like in my twenties. Same, and I'm only in my thirties, and I'm like it's way better than my twenties. Yeah, like I'm like it's getting better. I know more of what I want, mm-hmm. and it's funny that you say that too because we went to hedonism a couple of years ago. And I remember when you the, guys went. The amount that. of couples, though, that were 
like, hey, we've been here 15 times. We've been here 25 times. And they were all well into their, at least the the white people that were there. There was a black party that was there as well. But all of the white people that were there were literally like well into their 50s, I would say, mm-hmm. couple wise. And they were like, we've been doing this. And they, you could tell like they love it. I was just explaining at Barstool to, on a podcast what senior sex, like senior, the senior sex porn genre. No, and a girl senior in the corner porn. just made the face that you did. Like, what's senior sex ew. porn? I've watched it just for like research. And the only thing I've just for, re- for research. Just for research. She be watching this weird shit, this bro. Is, I don't want to sound like an ageist, but like I can watch old guy, young girl. But sometimes watching older women makes me think of my mom. But when I was, it really does. I just, I can't explain it. It makes me think. Okay, but what about the fact that we're all going to look like that one day? Like, oh, grind? I don't look like that yet. You're just going to be out. You're going to just peace out after a certain age and not have sex. We all look like children at one point as well. That doesn't mean I'm going to like look at (laughs) kid porn. Like, you know, you just took it to some other level. You just took it to some other level. But but even the same, like to me then with say the, and and we were talking with uh, Cinnamon Love about this. Um, There's even still this very popular genre, not bringing it to kids, but barely legal. And I still watch gay porn. I don't like twink categories. Yeah. Like I don't like males not looking like men. I don't like the very small bodied men or men that just look like they just got out of high school. So even like the barely legal category, even though, yeah, we've all been 18, 19, 20. We've been fucking since we were 16, you know? Yeah. But I still don't want to see the barely legal category either or the twinks in gay porn. Yeah, I, I, I want you to barely be, legal to category too. At first, I used to think it was the young, young face. And then I started to like understand, oh, it's just like this innocent thing. It's the outfits sometimes. It's the even the cardigan, right? I don't know it's what I'm like, doing. Like, that's it. Yeah, that. that's what it is. <laughs> that and, and Teach of course, me, daddy. And that course, is hot. It, <laughs> oh, well, look, you want to be tall. You want to be laid. Mommy. See, look, all you got to do is switch daddy and mommy, bitch. Now you watch a senior citizen. Play. Stop it. I don't know how to do role play. I'm not they say saying, G-Mom, I, no. they be like, come on, granddad. <laughs> I'm not saying, like, I'm just saying, like, I think we should, like, think about it because why are we so afraid of like getting older and why does everybody think that sex is just going to stop at a certain age because that's a bummer they do think like that's why i'm saying i want to be wild in my 60s because i want to be showing people i want to be like turning up with like my hot thruple or whatever maybe i'm with i don't know who knows what i'm gonna be can i ask you why you say that as you get older you would consider the thruple and i only ask that because in terms of like marriage and long-term relationships right that's Mm -hmm. a lot of our goals at least to be with a part, at least one partner, you know, mm-hmm. and where I've heard a lot of people in either longstanding relationships or marriage, the sex just plummets, maybe because they're getting bored with each other. So you saying that you don't even really like women. Why would you consider a throuple relationship later on and not now? Because I don't, I feel like you can't knock things till you try it if you stay open. OK. And so I like to just live my life with that attitude in general, even outside of sex. To just like try new things. And I think that's important to not just get like complacent and like sit in the same old shit. And that's why it suffers. Sex suffers in long-term relationships. In my marriage, we were together for 13 years. I didn't have that problem. But that's because what I do is like study sex all day. Why don't you think you had that problem though? That's what I do. But I mean, like, were you, what were you doing actively that like pulled it out? Because at the same time, like the same guy, you're used to having the same, like how did you actually do it? I mean, it was a while ago now, but I think it was, I think it was because I think 
you know how most people have discipline around areas of their life that they want to improve in, like whether it's like you do your workout, like or you eat certain things or whatever it is, you meditate, whatever it is. But like people don't do that with sex. They think it's just supposed to like be good automatically or Mm. like you meet someone. Most people don't like actively aren't actively disciplined about like taking the same time and the focus that they would to like their gym routine or their diet or anything else. I don't think they I do with sex, either, really. which is shocking. I mean, considering I, that this is also what you guys do. I've Maybe actually had a partner who like was more focused on that. Like after sex, stretching, making sure like oh. my hips were. Oh, and that's like a thing now. Like I that's, like intimacy. Give it to me, baby. But like where like my hips or stuff, if he knew he really like fucked the shit out of me, it would be like, well, I don't want you to be hurt after this. I want you to still, if I come over tonight, for us to still be able to go at it. Um, and another thing that we really talked about was what we put into our bodies. So I shared with a lot of the men on here. He drank a lot of beet juice, huh. which allowed the blood flow to stay. We talked about recently well, wait, watermelon juice. are we talking juice. about the same thing? Because well, the intimacy isn't switching it up to me. You're well, talking no, about actively trying something different. Well, not only actively trying something different, but taking care of, you as a, a person and what you bring into the bedroom too, no? I I feel like that I could do. I feel like I've always been able to like take care of my body and be a good partner, bring my A game. But actively being new, like trying something new, discovering new sex and like making it a focus. That's been hard? I don't know if I'm really doing that. The, when you the, bring in other people, would you not say that's, me, that's adding adventure? threesomes are still something that you've already done. Like I, I was thinking, I don't about, know. I feel like you're pretty. I feel like you you're kind of always changing it up and trying new things. Those are new guys, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just get on <laughs> There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 
is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I'm going to ask you our. Favorite question to ask everyone. Okay. If you had to pick, eat ass or suck toes? Uh, is the ass is the ass clean or dirty? The ass, of they're, both clean. Clean. <laughs> the they're both clean. They're both clean. They're both clean. I don't know. I kind of might have a toe fetish. Might have a toe sucking fetish. What? Eventually. I don't know. Just when you said it just now. You're like, I was let like, me put a big toe in my mouth. You know, if it's like a clean toe. <laughs> <laughs> put, like no callus toe. We always say eat ass. I don't know what it is. Even I, I'm going to eat ass. Clean I mean, clean. I'll do both now. Like, Not, uh, I guess Mandy's discovered. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, like I literally like have recently this was well, I had a foot by my face. And instead of like, because he was like really fucking me and his leg was up by my head. Uh-huh. And I just went over and started licking the side of his toe and like made his foot come towards my mouth and um yeah put it in my mouth we'll and call he, her he, Galileo since so <laughs> you discover a new shit okay <laughs> so finding the love of your life and never getting to travel with them or being single forever and traveling the world finding the love of my life and never getting to travel oh what you're a hopeless for? romantic I'm such a romantic uh, I, I believe I would in pick love that too. not me bitch I'm traveling I still ain't been to Greece bitch. I want to go everywhere. <laughs> I do not give a fuck. But you know what? Though? I can go with my friends. And this has like been a problem with my relationships. Being single forever? Bitch. And I do I was single my whole 20s, bitch. If you think about it, I just got in my first relationship. And I, as much as I loved it, I realized how much my friends still come first. As long as my friends don't go anywhere and we can travel the world together, I'm fine. My Maybe family's because good. you fuck your friends. I do, but not all of them. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, maybe, maybe that's why I don't have that. You can travel, but you can never have sex. Oh, bitch, first off. <laughs> I would never not want to have sex. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah, but, that, oh, wait, but so that's, sex that's, over that's, traveling? Or I can travel no, everywhere total, with no sex? You can travel everywhere with no, with no sex. Or you find the love of your life. You have the best sex of your life. But you have to stay in, like, you know. New York? Yeah. You're just no, I'll stay. I can't never not get fucked again. I think I'd kill myself. Sorry if we had to put a trigger warning for that. I just don't, like, it reminds me of when I was on Lexapro and I couldn't come. I was like, wow, I don't want to die, but I can't come. And one outweighed the other. And that's why I got off. Oh, yeah. I ain't going to hold you. Like, my mom has been around me for the holidays and I'm cranky and she'd be like, do you need to go fuck somebody? Because I don't like this little attitude you got right now. <laughs> like, I literally get cranky when I don't fuck. So, yeah, I think That's I would. Bad. You're I not traveling. Sex. I'm You're not, not traveling. traveling. <laughs> I'm not traveling. Okay. Damn, Grease. So, <laughs> see ya. I found a vanilla shit article that I thought would be really cool because you and I have talked about our love languages. And apparently, I don't know yours, but your love language can tell you about how you argue and fight. I don't know okay. if you guys have ever heard of that. Ooh. Yours are acts of service, right? That's what I like to receive. However, my love language now in showing my love is 100% physical touch and gift giving. 
So how I give is different than what I like to receive. Right now it is acts of service as to what I want to receive. So so I did this quiz and I don't just have one love language is what it turns out. That's why I said mine is gift giving yeah, and physical touch. Have, I think mine's gift, physical touch. And by the way, gift giving. And words of affirmation. I like that too. I like it all. Yeah, oh, mine yeah. don't like that. I be telling them how fine they are. They don't care. I think they know. No, because men they know, they like to know. be feed, fucked, and flattered. Feed, you fucked, gotta feed, and fuck, and flatter them. And we used to say the three S were feed, feed me, fuck, fuck me, me, finance me. me. Yeah, <laughs> so feed, feed, me, feed fuck, and flatter. That's and you. No, I'm saying that's what men, they need to be feed, fucked, and flattered. And you know where women trip up the most? Is flattering them? Mm-hmm. Really? It's flattering them. Well, it's because bitches like medium ugly niggas. We just talked about that a couple weeks ago. <laughs> oh my God. I don't know why y'all like these ugly niggas. You can't flatter an ugly I, nigga. Yes, you can. You Ooh. can always find something to like, flatter about someone. I, Ooh, I like that t-shirt. Good. No, that, it looks good not on Not something you. like that. You could be like, you really know how to handle a car or whatever. Those, you know like, I just you said have that? To wait, wait yeah. do you know I just said that? You said you know how Literally, to handle a car? Hold on. What was it, a stick show? No, and the nigga laughed at me. <laughs> the man sorry let me stop saying the n-word y'all gonna get on me like y'all got a white woman and she keep dropping the n-bomb so, <laughs> sorry they gonna come for me but no i literally <laughs> so my little friend or whatever he got like a big truck and so i literally just a told, big truck so i literally <laughs> just told him we didn't even start drinking and like a pickup truck oh big baby big old thing <laughs> and so he was like, in New York, you got a parallel park. And I said, this is going to sound really crazy. But it turns me on so much how you fit this big old truck into these little spaces. Yeah. I literally <laughs> told him that. And he was like, bro, why are you being <laughs> like, he was not. But I was like, oh, I never told you this, but it turns me on. It is. I said, the though. way you be whipping this thing. Oh, <laughs> it turned me on. Because in Florida, motherfuckers don't know how to. No, he whips it like a Prius, probably. Oh, my God. And then, of course, I put it like he fits this big old thing in oh, some yeah. tight spot. I mean, I, love- I like a man who can, like, use his hands to build things. Like, who's, like, useful. Same. Who can, so, like, build me some shelves or, like, that, fix some shit around the house. Mandy that has service, right? We're I tired right now. I'm hearing Mandy about oh, some fucking taking out the take trash. Take out the trash, baby. <laughs> All right, so words of affirmation. This, to me, is super interesting because this is how you fight. So you rely and are motivated by words of affirmation, external sources, well, particularly someone you care about, making you feel good through reassurance, which means you're most sensitive to people's words, the critical ones especially, about your opinions and your actions. Fighting can make you feel miserable because you hate ugly language and heated arguments as the worst case scenario. You're not quick to forgive, not to be dramatic, but it may take a while before words of reassurance from your partner feel like they last. Is that true? I, for me personally, yes, I'm like actually trying to work on, I write about it in the book in the chapter called Mindful Communication. I am really trying to work on my temper and the way I communicate in an argument. And like, especially when I'm pissed off and resentful at someone, like I'm really trying to like drop my ego and like listen and not be defensive because I feel like a lot of times when we're listening to someone, we're immediately planning our our response in our head like instead of taking them in, especially like if it's a conversation where they're introducing like even sexually an idea or maybe they're interested in another person that immediately we're going to be like, fuck you. You know, I can't believe I can't believe you're saying this, but I'm trying to be like a bit more. And we ask for honesty, but then we don't handle it the way no. that they would appreciate it. Because we feel ejected, rejected or abandoned or all those things. I'm trying to be like more zen. The best thing that I think <laughs> I've been able to do is not feel stupid in an argument. Like, 
ask questions, whether they sound like they're super simple or not. And also, like, when you say taking ego out of it, like, platonically or professional, like, I'm trying my best to, like, if someone says something and they're the type of person to feel like they won, because you can argue with a guy or a woman and you're in a relationship and they need to let you know, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. they're the top dog. I kind of just let it go. Because I can't change your personality. But if you are right, and I can acknowledge that, at least next time, I can work towards you giving me the same grace. But it's like, I've definitely dated men that are just so up their own ass that they just know what they're saying is right. And so immediately, because they're they're those types of people, I just am like, no, they want to think they know that I'll give you the credit when you are right. That's like my thing now. Fuck it. What can I do? Like life's too short. And that's the problem about dating. I would say older men, Um, even with my ex and even talking to older men that I've been talking to recently, like I've been in therapy for the last two years. And so like I'll let them know things they need to work on. And older men, specifically older black men, I notice are so against therapy because they feel like I've been this way for this many years and it got me this far. I'm comfortable with who I am. Mm-hmm. I even have this conversation with my friends, like how their partners just won't seek help even in terms of just knowing how to communicate with a partner. Like I'm not bashing you as much as I feel like this is something you should work on. And a lot of people not receiving therapy even that bit covers of a lot of shit. Yeah, but that's really stigmatized still. It is. Therapy, it is. Especially for men. It, it is. Especially for men. And then I know a lot of white guys who are like obsessed with therapy and they literally will go, like, go to therapy twice a week. Just and to I'll, gaslight it, huh? They and literally like, they to, like talk about themselves. And I'll be like, <laughs> it's not working for you. <laughs> you need you're to go. You're just chatting for I'm minute. like, literally, I'm like, you're paying someone to just talk about yourself for an hour twice a week and is not fucking working because you're still a man child who has mommy issues. Um, so you need to see a somatic therapist. And they're like, what's that? I'm like, you're not in your body. Like, what's that? Explain <laughs> it to me. Teach me. <laughs> Put your cardigan on. Put your glasses on. So we have a hors d'oeuvre tip, but I feel like we you've already given us a great tip about sex and it's discovering something new. So we have a new thing we've been doing with guests where we they tell us a horror story, which is a terrible dating or sex story. story. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have a good one. Well, for me, it was a horror story. I was with my boyfriend and it was like 10 days into the relationship. And I used to be the kind of person where I literally would see someone. I'd be like, I want to fuck the shit out of them. And then I'd be in a relationship because as you and I have talked about, I cannot separate sex from love. I cannot have casual sex. I just can't do it. Liz read me like a book basically when I told her about the skater guy. And as you guys know, his girlfriend showed up on the date and she was like, you can't fuck him again because you can't distinguish the two. Like, then she told me, this fucked me up. (laughs) So after I had sex with him, I was sick for a week. But mind you, we were kicking it all night, fucked up, whatever. She's like, your body literally rejected him. And you went back for more. It did. She got sick for like a full week. Does our bodies really do that with people? Yes. Our bodies know things and our mind, our logic tries to disregard it. That pussy got another brain No, it does. Like, imagine the things that you feel in your (laughs) gut. She she thought with a pussy. That's what we have to be doing a lot. I'm telling you, though, I've never put two and two. Like, the fact that I, I mean, when Mandy, when I tell you I was sick hours later, like, just. Well, because the girlfriend showed up. No. No, this is the first time. This is the first time. Oh. I told you on Patreon. Maybe no one remembers. Oh, wait, this is the same guy. I, I can't keep se- up I with never him had all. sex with him. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> the skater guy fucked him. And then because we used all those condoms, 
Then we went on that the date with the condom. On the sex yep, yeah, right. yep, yep. No, I fucked him first, and it was amazing sex. And it, but you were sick for like a week. I know, but I lost six pounds, and it jump started my new. Work. So see, didn't he okay, bring something good into product. her life? Like he It was bad. You could but, just like lick a door handle, <laughs> and, and maybe it was his dick, but. Well, oh wait, so you were sick is like not where your vagina was broken, but where like you no, were like, she was, like coughing sick. fever yeah. sick? She was sick. Wow. Because our bodies tell us things all the time. We just don't listen. We all have intuitive wisdom in our bodies and we literally spend most of our time ignoring it. Ignoring those uh, those little signals. In fact, like when you talk to people who deal with like um, violence, like whether it's sexual violence or victims of violence, they'll often tell you, I had this strange feeling or I thought there was something off, but I wanted to be polite or I ignored it. You're, you are your own best psychic. In fact, mm. really, like your body will tell you. And if you start to notice the cues, like, for example, like you can feel like, is your, what's your stomach doing in a certain situation or your bowels? Bitch, like I just you- had tacos. I don't know. What okay, horror story. So I was like 10 days into this relationship and we're Ten not. 10 days into like, a relationship. No, because nuts. <laughs> I know. I'm telling you, it's like a problem. Like literally, it's, it's why I do I have no self-control. So <laughs> I'm getting better. I'm getting better. But um, so we weren't, we were still using condoms and the condom got stuck in my fucking cervix. It got stuck in my Welcome cervix. Welcome to the club. Which That's I, how this well, podcast started. Yeah. So I, that had never happened to me before. I'm like digging, trying to dig that shit out for 30 minutes oh, I know that in the bathroom. I'm like, he, I'm going to have to go to the hospital. <laughs> it's going to be like, I have a fucking sex company. This is so humiliating. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like bleeding, trying to get this thing out and then I well I finally get it out I'm like oh, I'm never having sex again which I did I go to the gynecologist in between because that like forces the conversation basically mm-hmm. about not using condoms which was like a little early but I was like I'm scared to ever use a condom again um <laughs> so I go to the gynecologist that was like on a, fr- a Saturday I go to the gynecologist on, on Friday and she's like Oh, it's like a one in a hundred thousand chance that that would ever happen again. Don't Chill, worry. Bitch. Okay, I had it a lot. It happened Minimum. to me the next day. <laughs> and he wasn't wearing his size or something. Day. He wasn't wearing his size. No, I think they I were was too big too, for him. I was too you were wet. Too dry. And I, oh, you no, were too, I was wet. too wet, and I just. Oh, that I was going to say, that's what, <laughs> that's, that's my pussy, what you want to say my, about no, your pussy. No, no, my pussy stay doing that shit too. Like I didn't had it come off like. I'll tell it. Can you keep checking? Is it still there? Because it's something's oh, no, feeling I'm, a little. Yeah, for like, sure. That shit sucks. It made me paranoid like that. Like you, please, let's check. Let's or, check. Oh, wait. What the to next me, day that I happened, used to keep. Did you have to pee it? Like, what did you? The same thing. You I went back to the gynecologist? No, no, no. I had. No, I dug it out eventually. But like, it you was know what? really he stressful. Might've, he might have he been rolling that thing off because he ain't wanted on his dick at all. Well, if that shit happened twice, twice that quick. Yeah. He was doing something. He ain't put it on right. Did you put it on or he put it on? Uh, he put it on. He ain't put it on right, and he did that shit on purpose. No, because we had sex lots of times in between that, and it well, was well, it was like, ten days, girl. Did he help you take it out? No, he didn't help me take it out because it was like a one person. At least my man pulled out the cell phone flashlight and was trying to look up in my in my in my twat. Okay, yeah, sure. Was. I could feel the edge of it though. You know when you can feel when you like feel the rib? just a yep. little rib, and I was like, Ugh. and then I was afraid it would like break off. And then you oh, get, and, and then I'd have like. You have- your nails were this short? Stop, 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 stop. I can feel it. Ooh. Were they that short? I'm like humiliated. Oh, I, I, I'm like, I, my nails are not long right now. Oh, but. This is my first time having that long. Oh, long. I love it. Well, 
these are short and it's still broke. I got to go to the salon and get it fixed. They don't make uh, acrylic and gel like they used to. I'll tell you that. They just don't. (laughs) They just don't. It's cheaper now. I'm paying triple the price and the product is not the same. Nails used to be so fucking $25 for a set and it lasts a month. Not anymore. <laughs> Gotta go every goddamn two weeks. <laughs> so let's get back into this. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so I read the book in a PDF, which was so difficult. Even though you sent me a hard copy, I didn't want to tell you the truth. I thought I lost the book and my mom found it. So that was terrible. I did this whole thing of where I was like, I really want to read this book because Liz told me a story about someone who didn't read it that she cared about mm-hmm. and like disregarded it. I was like, well, now I got to really read this shit. <laughs> so she sent me a hard copy and I was getting into it, lost it. And my mom called me and she goes, I just found one of your sex books <laughs> in the house. I was like, oh, oh, it's my friends. But in the middle of reading this book, I told you that a lot of feelings came out. Like you did a lot of... uh what do you call like the follow-up questions and things like yeah, that? Yeah, exercises. And I actually practices. had to stop at one point because it was really making me think. And I think I picked my favorite topics from this because I thought Mandy and I definitely have brought up things that this could be useful with. So the first thing that I want to bring up that you had some good questions that made me stop was the filling the void chapter. Mm-hmm. Where you and this s- is in what book again? If we could just my let the new audience book. know. Yes. Sex, health, and consciousness, which is out now. Which sex, you can, health, and consciousness. Sex, health, and consciousness. I figured I made the title. So I want, it. yeah, I want to <laughs> elevate your consciousness. And on the cover of it, it says, free your mind and your ass will follow. Like the seminal. <laughs> Not a free asshole. <laughs> <laughs> no, like George Clinton. It didn't, it didn't follow for me. <laughs> like Parliament Funkadelic. Okay. Well, yeah. like Buy your girlfriend this book and she'll let Or you listen to it. You can listen to it. I narrate it. Oh, it's your... It's my audiobook. Yeah, well, I narrated it. Look, that's what she would because she I was, because I just finished doing it like oh. two weeks ago. Yeah. I love audiobooks. Me well, too. Yeah. Especially when the author gets in there and it's their voice or their voice. It goes back and forth. Like, yeah. I love, I love audiobooks as well. Did yeah. Obama do his own? But I didn't hear Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Obama got a book? I've just had a thing about <laughs> his voice and it's just like, I feel like, ooh, that'd be a good one to listen to. He is a married man. Look at you. Getting your rocks off. It doesn't count as a fantasy. So was no. Jason Momoa. But you oh, he got no more. You saw He's that not ass? married anymore. The way everybody said that ass to me. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> that ass. Okay. Sorry. Oh, booty hole freedom. <laughs> let's, let's, get, let's get back to it, Liz. <laughs> booty hole freedom. Okay. Filling the void. Can you talk about that chapter? Because I want to talk about maybe a moment where we've all done that. Because I know I have. Yeah. Filling the void in what way? Like In any way. Like you could fill the void with sex, with mm. food, with drugs, with alcohol, with, with with porn. It's kind of when you consume something mindlessly just because you're like anxious or you're lonely or you're feeling like bad about yourself. You're having like a moment of so- low self-worth. Like have you ever just like just ate something like whatever, like two bags of chips or fucking pizza because you're just feel shitty and you kind of want to like literally fill that void you want to consume and a lot of times I think we use sex in that way oh no I use my period for that I eat chocolate and ice cream when I'm on my period I'm like well oh my period I can do this yeah but for the the, the most part though filling a void um that's interesting I I would love to like look into that I don't feel like I do that often however I have um been told that when something doesn't go my way I immediately look into something else that what 
I can control, whether it's some, something else in my job, whether it's immediately booking a flight to be with my friends. It's just something, I, I guess I escape more than yeah, for avoid. Yeah, that's the same. It's Is kind it the of same? the same thing. Okay. You're like, when you're avoiding something that you'd rather not feel, like it could be fear, okay. anxiety, yes. insecurity, loneliness, like depression, any of those things, and you're l- reaching yeah. for something else. So it's okay. Like, fuck who you want to fuck, but just be conscious of like, are you fucking this person because, because you, want to. you actually want to and you want to feel pleasure? You're just fucking them because you feel so shitty about yourself. That is the only way that you can like validate basically your worth. Because oh. I think a lot of us use sex in that way. So when we when we're mostly as a culture, I think we're a lot of us are mostly wired to use sex that way. And that's the message we receive all the time. It's like too, when you're like not feeling. I didn't even tell you, but I'll bring it up. I had sex recently. Uh, I posted this picture of me in a robe with like a ponytail and it was like really cute and everybody was feeling it and I ended up having sex that night and I remember in the morning, I had fun, I wasn't feeling down about it, but I said, did I have sex because he made me feel pretty? Like, was that why I fucked this guy? Like I was feeling super sexy that night and I was feeding into it and I thought about your book because I was like, what was the difference here? Like, was I feeling down? Because literally, I only got dressed up to take a cute picture and go out. So I was already feeling like shit. So I boosted it up with that, right? So then the next thing that happens is I have if, is I have sex. Did I do that because I needed to feed into that? Was I feeling a void or was I actually making an active choice to fuck somebody? And I couldn't figure it out. Well, I don't think you need to judge yourself is the thing. Is like mm. you just notice it. Like you don't have to beat yourself up over it, over like eating the pizza because you feel like shit or whatever it is. Like... You just notice it. You just you acknowledge like, it so that you, just you acknowledge know, it. So you, you know when you feel like this again, time, you don't right? make that same. Or you <clears> just <throat> notice that pattern and you start to think about like, oh, if I'm mostly using sex in this way, maybe I'm not tapped into like the full potential of what my pleasure could be with sex. Mm. It's kind of like reframing the way we think about things. I do think I opened my shockers up whenever I have sex. I opened your chakras up when I took you to that kundalini class. What the fuck oh, is kundalini? You learned how to, you learned what is how kundalini? To, you got me into your Beard Bay to a fucking kundalini class. <laughs> and it was so funny because after we took so it. So we just going to keep saying kundalini class. What the hell is kundalini? Kundalini is like kundalini yoga, but it's this idea. It's very, very ancient. It's like, okay. it's like thousands and thousands of years Liz old. Liz would take us. That, it was two fucking hours, Mandy. <laughs> A two-hour yoga class? <laughs> Wasn't it two hours? But it's not yoga like you're like in downward dog and up and down. It's really about breath work. I'll show you what it looks like. And muscle control. <laughs> this is not a fucking If you're looking on YouTube, she's... Hold on, I can... This is how... It's not all like that. <laughs> Was they handing out Tic Tacs? Like... <laughs> Oh, a whole bunch of people doing this? <laughs> this is pre-COVID. It's pre-COVID. It's Clearly. Pre-COVID. It don't it's exist pre-COVID. no more. So you can, times, that thing gone. Ain't no kundalini. I nothing. was so fucking tired. My mouth was tired. I was getting, and like, mind you, he's also, he was like this. He, he was fucked up. And Liz is like in her zone, like eyes rolling back. And like him and I kept looking at each other once in a minute. But I was liking it. It just was taking too long. You did two hours of that? <laughs> 
Okay, so you can get high from your, using your breath. You're high because you're excelling so no. much. Like, you, 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 you lost your breath. That's why you're high. You, you, you're lightheaded. You can bring yourself to orgasm using your breath. Did you orgasm and, with No, we weren't learning that technique oh, okay. then. But I, I teach it in my book. Half of the time. Yeah, I teach it in my book. Well, what kundalini yoga does is it opens up. So they, they say kundalini yoga is like imagining your spine like a serpent. Like, the, like it's a serpent. You know, so the head of the serpent is here and the tail is at your perineum, you know, or your anus. Okay, she's falling asleep. <laughs> but it's basically like waking up. It's waking up the sexual energy. It's waking up your sexual oh. energy I definitely, through your body. I don't and, know if it's because he was there or if my mouth was open, but like I thought about sex more than I had in any other You know what else about. makes me really wet? Just getting a random massage. And when they get into them thighs, I'd be like, well, I hope they don't feel I'm getting wet down here. I could just get massaged instead of... <sighs> <laughs> but the thing with the breath work is like, so DMT is the the thing that makes you feel high, right? And apparently you can create that with the more you're doing that kind of breathing. 100%. Which I do believe we actually just had a, a vanilla shit maybe a couple months ago where the one of the tricks to obtaining an orgasm is control of breath. I write about so, it all in my book. So control I, I know of I'm breath. just making jokes now, but we literally did just have that conversation yeah. here. It was like a Vice or Cosmo article, but literally where people feel like they haven't been able to achieve orgasm. A lot of it, first, you have to be really comfortable with A, your partner, but just being comfortable in the flow of how you're breathing. If you're like tense and you're breathing or your heart rate is not at a normal pace, you're probably not going to reach orgasm. Well, because most of the time we're not breathing. Like just on an average day, we're holding our... Suck in my stomach. Yeah, no, we're holding our <laughs> breath a lot. We're not taking ah. deep breaths. And also when you take deep breaths, but you also learn to use your pelvic, engage your pelvic floor muscles. And it doesn't matter if right. you have a penis or a vulva, you have pelvic floor muscles. It's the muscles that you squeeze if you're trying to stop peeing basically. Oh. So it leads to like heightened or orgasms. It leads to like less incontinence as you grow older, meaning like not pissing yourself. Oh, Yeah. It's like really good to it's know also, about your pelvic floor muscles. If men, if you want to learn how to use it or you might be confused, make your dick jump and it's around that area. It's yeah. The same kind of I love a dick jump. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch strata coaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. What's um sex surrogacy? You brought that up in the book, and I was curious if we could talk about that because I haven't heard about that before. So sex surrogacy, if you if you're thinking about different kinds of like sex therapy, like a sex therapist, uh-huh. there's there's adjacent sex therapists, like sex surrogates, that will basically kind of teach you in a more physical way. Girl, fuck your man. You lying? I'm not lying. For real? I'm not lying. Wait, yeah. sex surrogate sounds like sex I'll fuck your man if you can't. Yeah. Not exactly like that. It could be like a lot of times they'll work with people who are disabled, for example, that may have like trouble finding partners or like having intimacy with people or need to learn different Is ways there a of getting off. For this? Yeah, there's certification. Wow. Like, no, it's a legitimate thing. Or they could be like some people may have like trauma. Um, you know, they may okay. have vaginismus and they may not like be able to come or they may like they may or they may have erectile dysfunction. It could be like a whole host of things that are normal things right. that happen to everyone. But like sex surrogacy is like a, can be a more like hands on type of therapy. Is it expensive? Like if never, someone listening is like, let me look into this. Let me look into it. Like, what I, is, there's you know all what? different levels. There's all different okay. levels of sex surrogacy. <laughs> oh, okay. I they just saw you digging your ass like, on the YouTube. Yeah. It, I really pulled right down <laughs> from my vault. <laughs> I couldn't even breathe. So like, it's not like sex. It's not sex work. Okay. So you're but, not hiring a sex worker to have sex with you. It's what if like, you're not disabled? No, I'm saying a lot of people use sex surrogates for all different kinds of reasons. She said even ED, vaginismus, like, all different types of That's things. That's why I would wonder like what the differences would be, not only in what you engage in for, say, I assume an hourly rate, like... Yeah. What that like rate comparable to therapy, comparable to therapy. Ooh, but the there's more. No, but there's not therapist expensive. Well, I think it's like, you know, I think it depends on where you are, and what you're doing. And sometimes sex surrogacy can include touch. Sometimes it doesn't. You know, it's all sorts of different things. And like you obviously have a conversation with that person and intake form before you. Is start that something anything. that is covered? About consent. Is it covered by insurance? Any insurance? I highly doubt. OK. That. All right. I highly doubt that. I'll just ask it for the people. I mean, I don't I mean, I think, you know, sex is still something that we're so squeamish about. Abortions like, are covered by insurance. Hmm, well, not for long. Well, what's crazy not is uh, long, like IVF, long. even freezing your eggs. There's a lot of fertility things that 
still aren't covered by some insurances or you have to go through outside sources. But by the way, those are going to go away too. If Roe v. Wade, if if there's a nationwide abortion ban, IVF, egg freezing is all going to come under that same rule of really, yes, because it's discarding embryos. And none of those um, assisted reproductive technologies would have been possible if Roe v. Wade wasn't made legal in wow. 1973. So I all didn't know these, it was affecting all of that. Oh, yes. So all these like millennial companies that were promoting like a, your, a, freeze your eggs on Instagram, they should have been like out there and they should be now like really in, you know, talking about these things because it's already happening. In a lot of states wow. where people are not allowed so to. Insane. Yeah, it's it's a real thing. That's why it's not like the issues at stake are not just about abortion. It's really about so much more and a lot rights. reproductive rights. By yep. the way, I had a conversation um, <clears throat> with uh, we talked about it on our Patreon, but found out I have fibroids and was talking about egg freezing. And I talked about it briefly with Mandy. And when I brought it up to Liz, it's re- you really fucked my head up the last week because for one, you're such a liberal person when it comes to any kind of science, medicine, or women's health rights, that when you told me egg freezing is such a capitalist thing, I really never thought of it that way. So basically, I was telling her, like, I have to go freeze my eggs now, right? And you let me talk, and you were kind of like, you're young. You didn't even look into how many eggs you have. And it wasn't like it was me more than it was the doctor. I didn't know what to do. He just told me to do this, right? And on top of that, it's like, how do I even know about my own fertility later? Like, why wouldn't I look into other forms of medicine? But when I realized how much it costs to freeze your eggs and how it is a lot of fear-mongering tactics, like, I'm actually leaning the other way. My mom had me at 40. Not that I plan to have a kid at 40, but like, egg freezing is so common to talk about now that you just think you should be doing it immediately when you're like younger and single because the eggs are healthier. But like, why didn't I think about acupuncture or even taking hormones or any other shit besides let me freeze these eggs? Well, I think also because a lot of doctors, you know, they only have eight hours of sexual intake training in medical school. What? Yeah. So a lot of times, like I have 13 nieces and nephews. I I have a lot of, I have have four brothers and a sister. My, you know, we don't all have the same mom, but I've been around a lot of kids and of different ages. And they all come to me when they first got like, you know, their IUD or birth control. And they just tell me these things. And like the gynecologist doesn't even ask any questions about like their sexual history, their medical history. They just like, here, take this. And people aren't informed enough about their own bodies that they don't think to ask questions. And And especially black women have a really high rate of fibroids. 30%. Yeah. Which I was surprised that you didn't know like before coming into that, that no one has told you that, that, you know, because. So I knew that black women get fibroids, but not that, that it's a huge rate. And then even on top of that saying, I didn't even know you're right. Like I had a friend of mine who had fibroids and only knew because she went in for egg freezing because you have to request an ultrasound. Yeah, but gynecologists should be having, they should be informed on a lot of different issues, including like when it comes to racial disparity in, yeah. in medical care, they should be trauma informed. And like, we should know these things and question them like, oh, you want me to spend like $30,000 on freezing eggs or whatever amount it costs? Like ask some questions first. It's now just being sold and like, or, you know, not for long, right? I think realistically with the way the country's going, but it's like packaged as this thing that makes you a fucking girl boss or some shit. 
Like yeah, raise is. your eggs, like go have a career. And it's just not that simple. Well, no, not only that, it's it's unfortunate that um, there was a recent study done. And I, I can't remember the percentage. I actually did have a conversation about this on period sis. But um, recently they've said for black women who have frozen their eggs or are looking to go through um, IVF with a sperm donor specifically, that now black women have to pretty much bank on not having a full black child because there's not enough either eggs or um, sperm donors that are black to fully, you know, create a full black child. And I did a whole episode where a woman who was a, a kindergarten teacher and it was so sad, like she made me cry during the episode because she was talking about how she's everyone's mom as a kindergarten teacher. And in terms of her seeking eggs, like, it, and it wouldn't be a surrogate. It would just be her receiving an egg from someone else because mm-hmm. she couldn't, she had the body of a 57 year old and she was like 28 or mm. 30 or something like that. Um, and the conversation literally led into the fact that there's not even a lot of black women able to donate eggs. So the fact that we may be reaching an That's era so where insane. you can't freeze your own, but also for women who aren't producing eggs that want to go out and get eggs, they don't even have the option to get black eggs or black sper- sperm donors anymore. Well, I mean, gynecology, like the father of the speculum was a racist motherfucker who was experimenting on slaves. So a lot of the things that we take for granted as like science and fact is based on really broken white supremacist systems, which Uh I go into in this book that like the whole model of sex education and like the medical sexual system that we're dealing with is based on a broken system. And it's not like it's not teaching like young women and young black women. These are the things that like you need to know to ask your gynecologist and it's not teaching gynecologists and doctors. These are the things that you need to know to ask your patients. Yeah. Do you have any um, resources that you used for your book besides like just your experience that you leaned on? Um, So, I mean, well, I have been in the space for like a really long time. And in the library. (laughs) And the library. (laughs) You've just been collecting. Um, But I also, I was working with um, the chair of sex and relationship therapy at UCLA for like a number of years. Um, Yeah, I work with like a lot of, a lot of professionals and do a lot of like contemporary research. And, but also I think the history is important, like knowing about the, the white supremacist patriarchal history Mm -hmm. of like, you know, sex and of the medical system is really important because it shows us why we get to a place today when the rate for fibroids for black women, for example, is so high because they're ignoring you. I mean, outside of that, they just also came out with a study that hair straightening products like the relaxers and the perms that are used a lot on black women with 4C hair to make it straight actually is causing as well higher risks of uterine cancer and breast cancer for black women as well. So like there's just a lot of things that are now coming to where we've even been forced to look like the European standard of mm-hmm. beauty a lot for black women and even how we show up. They just passed what the Crown Act here in New York oh, for a hair. couple of years ago. And so now even the products that we were using just to appear aesthetically beautiful to society are also leading to a lot of these harmful but diseases. Goofy on. Oh, I mean, I've been, you know, I've been doing a lot of research. No, she's been dating the black Muslim guys. Don't do that. He is, he is not talking to me about hair. Unfortunately, I have Tammy's white ass hair. So I never had to have a relaxer in prime. 
Not so, unfortunately. No. Bitch, I be mad as it's thin. That's why I'm a bald headed bitch now. I, I it gets, <laughs> no, I'm saying, it, if you didn't, it gets if you this long and I'm like, it's giving dead ends. Like, <laughs> a, a lot of people are so lucky to have grown up like Gen Z and the younger generation of kids because you, their moms are not putting shit in their hair. You right. Know what I mean, like, I don't have a friend I know that's putting anything in their kid's hair. Whereas like my mom, and it's not her fault. She's just like, all right, you want me to put you in a ponytail? Like, we're going to use this pack of relaxer. And like, it takes you on a really shitty hair journey. And it's honestly just, we have to unlearn this shit. But anyway, besides hair, the last thing I want to talk about is transcendent sex. Because the day I told you I was crying over Love is Blind is the day I fucked that guy. You cried over Love is Blind, the I TV show? A, I was like, is the it TV, sad? I didn't understand that. Show? I thought it was what like a reality dating show. Love when people are like falling in love. Oh I think you were God. like a little bit hungover. Girl, watch maybe. The Notebook. Maybe I would. <laughs> I, I don't know how I cried. Everybody said that to me. You said, is it sad? I mean, and here I go. I mean, I've cried on the first 48 before. It's yeah, really, it's really sad. sad. <laughs> but anyway, one of the guys in the pods, and if no one's heard of Love is Blind, basically it's an experiment where two people meet and talk and they've never seen each other physically and they fall in love. This guy is talking about how he had transcendent sex. I'm like, is that from Liz's book? And it was like the last chapter. <laughs> Can you explain transcendent sex to us? So, like I said, like breath work can make you high, right? But sex can too. You have an altered state of consciousness, like before you have sex and after you have sex. You feel oh. like a really intense orgasm. You're not, you don't feel exactly the same in that moment. You're sort of like almost like out of body. Mm. But transcendent sex is this idea that if you really, the premise of the whole book is linking your sexuality and your spirituality. So, if you can begin to like reframe things that way, then I feel like you can it is possible to experience really heightened states of bliss and ecstasy with sex. So that is what transcendent sex is? In a way, So it's yeah. sex on shrooms. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, girl, hey, it's like reaching it without the shrooms. It's reaching it without the shrooms. So the galaxy lights. I reach it just with the galaxy lights sometimes too. What I do? I like it. <laughs> and then playing ocean waves. You know, I love it. Oh, I love both We things. interviewed somebody that told us he meditates to an Egyptian drum circle before uh -huh. he fucks. <laughs> and I was kind of sitting there like laughing, but at the same time, I'm like, well, you know what? The sex you have probably is better than mine because if you're really taking all that time to prep for sex and with the person, mm -hmm. that's next level shit. Well, my last, my ex-boyfriend, I he wasn't into kundalini or sp okay. spirituality or any of that shit, but he, I got him to do kundalini yoga with me, which is again about breath work and muscle control. They got any for like 30 minutes. She said two hours. We do they were, have shorter sessions? Yeah, they have shorter sessions. Okay. They she told us some shit. <laughs> she put you in advance. <laughs> I definitely took them to an advanced class. But she can handle it. But also, she can handle it. you know when you're like, oh, let me sign up. She's like, I got it. I couldn't see shit before we got there. I was like, <laughs> also, it, it, it might have been 90 minutes, but it wasn't two hours. No, it was, it was 90 minutes. She's exaggerating because it, it makes the story better. It, <laughs> it was interesting because I'm laughing about it, but also when you start taking it serious, it does work. It does work. So we were having, we were doing this like breath work and this kundalini together every morning for like a week straight. And we had, I had cervical orgasms so deep, I fucking blacked out. Because the sex, we were so connected. Kundalini, we were, you, you're like, <laughs> I'm trying to, I want, I want to wake up in a hospital and be like, what happened? Oh, wow. <laughs> Put me back. If I, I'm, death by orgasm, 
Great way to go. Well, you know that the French word for orgasm, la petite mort. I was going to say orgasm. Little death. Little death. Yeah, you know, so it's that idea that like, but each, you ain't know what it meant. Yeah, yeah, dude. she's she's been to France. She's she been posted, to France. Oh, we know. Everyone watching this show knows that she has been to France. You know what? Okay. I don't know if you'd like to join at some point in time, but if you did, Liz, you'll get it. You know, <laughs> I walk the streets. It's like the red. You street. eat some snails. <laughs> I love a car guy. I just had some. Every time I go to Soho, I go to a little spot we went to for uh, love it. Give me the escargot, please. <laughs> Where is my bread? You know, all my French friends, like when I'm eating escargot, they're like, Weezy, like, you can't eat it every meal. Like, it's not even meant to I love it. It's so filling, actually. Snails, snails is more filling than crudo. Like, I love, like, some raw fish. <laughs> snails be getting me. I mean, well, like, that's because they're, need. like, soaked in butter. Oh, and garlic. Oh, it that makes it's it? so good. And, like, a little bit Is uh, that what's garnish. making it filling? They, when they yeah, put that the meat. It's the beurre. It's no, the... it's so small. Bitch, I be full. <laughs> that thing. And then also you're taking the bread and you're stopping it up. It's a thing. Anyway. <laughs> We're about to orgasm. We didn't even talk about the sex that I was just going to say, tell people where to find you. But yeah, please. Tell yeah, them you can find us. We have a podcast, The Sex Ed, that I host. You can find us on the internet at The Sex Ed, where we have tons of resources, a sexpedia, which is like Come on, sexpedia. a living Wikipedia of sex terms. And you can find us on Instagram at the sex ed and me at Goldilocks G. How often, real quick, do you update as well that sexpedia? Because there's always all the time. new words. That all are- the time. And I love throwing in things like strobe light honey. What the like, heck? I love what some like, strobe light honey. You guys are obviously not familiar with 90s hip hop. Girl, first we were off, we weren't fucking. I was born yeah, but in the you 90s. don't listen to like old hip hop. Yeah. Okay. Strobe light honey is a song name. No, it's like a colloquialism. It's like a slang term. What the hell is a colloquialism? <laughs> it's like a slang term. Colloquialism. <laughs> did, I just pull, did I just pull some white shit? Some white, white shit? Colloquialism. Not a white shit word. Wait, what song is that? It's a library word. Lots of songs. Strobe light, honey. You need to ask Amir about what a strobe light no, honey is. No, because let me tell you, Liz, everybody wants to joke about how I hang with a legend and don't know none of his songs. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah, but he will school you on 90s hip hop and he'll explain intense, to you. Though. That's my point. He Every time. A he strobe light honey is a honey that looks hot under the strobe lights, but not so good when you get her home from the club. That's oh, a strobe light honey. Isn't that a butterhead? Well, it's just an updated term. Butterface, butterhead, tip drill. Everything looks good. Girl, yeah. we, we in tip drill by the, by the early 2000s to turn it to tip no, drill. No, we, we, we're 2000s Must hip hop. Must be ass because it ain't her face. You. You know but if you listen to like drink? Tribe so you, Called Quest or like De La, De La Soul. I know De La Soul, girl. Okay, don't don't come, okay. come on now. Well, they're not <laughs> available. Now. You know, we they're not available on streaming. I, you can't stream them on Spotify. So I'm not My a point, so, Am I supposed to get on YouTube? No, like, you're a hot bitch. Thank you. Yeah, you look, you look good under like full studio lights. Is, is hot bitch in there? It's not. What is the definition? It should be. <laughs> but I did include wet ass pussy, a wop in the book. Okay. That which is really footnoted cute. because, okay. you know, middle America might be not be familiar oh, with man, the term. Oh, man, they know what wop is now. The way the no, politi- they don't. The way the politicians put it on Fox News and CNN Bro. and were upset. Middle America know what wop is I feel is like now. we think people know, but shout out to Hannah Burner. We've had her on the show. She has a video with her brother who I think she said lives in Idaho or something. And she starts showing him influencers. One black man. Every, it was Haley Bieber, Bella, Bella Hadid, um, all kinds Those of influences. Those are fucking million dollar models. Ky- Kylie Jenner. He couldn't name anyone. No, people just have their own frame of reference. We they were really out to dinner know. the other night with someone and we were talking about Charlemagne. 
Charlemagne. And not Charlemagne. No, Charlemagne. Oh. Charlemagne. She didn't know who he was. And she and I just in unison was like, you don't? We were couldn't believe. Wow. I'm going to be honest with you. This person that we were out with is very famous. Very successful business person. I was person. shocked, bro. Yeah. Like, I, 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 at one point, I thought it was a joke. And then Liz was like, trying to give her some... Uh, I was like, you don't listen to the, like, breakfast you know, the Breakfast Club? Club. She's like, what? No. No. Oh. I just think people have like their... Uh, everybody has like a different frame of reference. I mean, that's the same way like for me. I don't know these TikTokers. My homegirls will hit me up about like certain rappers, baby mamas, who? I don't know who this No, 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 Like, no, no, I'm, no. I'm also not... In- the Breakfast Club... I don't think we can compare to that because it's its own. Like, how many years? Fifteen now. Yeah. Like, come on, bro. There's and a also lot, he's but, a mogul. But there's right. a lot of people like on Barstool, like or even podcasters. When I'm looking at like the top fifty, there's so many people that garner millions and millions of views. I'll be like, never heard of. Bro, them. people have like, shit yeah. the bed about like a lot of white podcasts. But I told you, Dear Media has been coming to my studio, and Andrew, not Schultz. I'm thinking Fantino. You know who that is? I'm still freaking about the story about the one white. Oh, no, I'm I don't want to say her name. Somebody asked me to fetch some water, to fetch Wait, they said water. fetch water? Yeah, she, she used the word fetch. Like he was... Fetch me some water. Was was she from Europe or something? Like, does she have an accent? No, Maybe I fetch wasn't, meant something I wasn't else. there. No, she's American. Oh, she's American. But here's the thing. American. She really said it like... Fetch me some water. Yeah. Fetch she me some water. Oh, but like, look, I've added shit now. One of the <laughs> engineers is like, oh, this is easy. This is what I was telling you. Like, oh, hey, would you mind fetching me some water? Maybe she was trying to make fetch a word. Maybe she had just, you know what I mean? She just watched Mean was, Girls. She just watched Mean Girls. <laughs> no. Maybe she was trying to make fetch it, you know? I, I don't remember how. I, was, I remember telling her, I don't really fetch around here, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, no, I, um. They're the, the podcast Tiger Belly with Bobby Lee, Andrew Santino, Whiskey Ginger. These are huge podcasts that like I'd never heard of. And I do think we get in our own box. And, you know, there's a lot of people that don't know who we are. right? Absolutely. But, but we're big in our in our own sphere. And like it's that kind of shit. But I do my best to try to like figure out across the board who the people are. You yeah. Know what I mean? But sometimes like you have to break down language for people or you have to like explain things more. That's why in the book, there's all these footnotes. No, I had to argue with my publisher that lost in the sauce is like a real term that people use. They're like, that's isn't a thing. I was like, yes, it is. That's also (laughs) a a hip hop phrase. Me too. Especially on development calls. I'm like, okay, everybody's getting a little lost in the sauce here. Um, But I'm dealing with a self-help publisher who publishes like Wim Hof and Brene Brown and like Not Han. is one of the names though that people don't know either. Maybe that listen to Horrible and he's... She's huge. She's amazing and she talks a lot about vulnerability. But what I'm saying is people who are in the self-help space, they may not be so familiar with hip hop. Right. Some of them, as it turns out because I had a lot of hip hop references in this book that I, the copy editor was like, I don't understand. Girl, I hope you send them the Google <laughs> reference. Here you go. Don't ask me again. We keeping it in. Next. Whenever someone tells me they don't understand something I'm saying, and I'm in an email, I just always read it. I'm like, she is calling me the N word. <laughs> right here. This is it. Bitch. This is it. Liz, please also <laughs> let us know where everyone can purchase your book before we get out of here. They can buy the book anywhere you buy books. There uh, we go. Ooh, yeah. Another flex. Audible. Everywhere. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I feel like most people buy books on the internet now. Although Amazon, I think I it's really good to support your local bookseller. But okay. Because they're, you know, but yeah, Amazon, Audible. Uh, my publisher sounds true. Our site, The Sex Ed. 
I love bookshop. it. I love it. I love it. Well, five years later, thank you for coming back on Horrible <laughs> thank Decisions. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. And guys, we hope that you enjoyed this episode as well. Make sure to support us and to get bonus content. You head on over to Patreon. That is patreon.com backslash Horrible Decisions. We have hundreds no of episodes on there. Hundreds, <laughs> hundreds of Hundreds. Literal, literal hundreds plus BTS. Um, and if you are one of our top tier patrons, once a month we do a town hall where you get to join us on Zoom and be a part of an episode. So again, make sure you join us at patreon.com backslash Horrible Decisions to check out what that sounds like. We're leaving you with a five minute bonus clip after this. And this has been yet another episode of Horrible Decisions. Bye. Isn't it crazy how we used to think going out of the country for stuff meant it was bad and now it well, is no, actually... I mean, in 2012, I got lipo and DR. No, so people... I, I mean, people think going out of the country for surgeries isn't bad, but it's literally like some of... I don't... Like anyone I know that's even rich, rich goes to Columbia for their D. Like I used to think it was the cheap way out, but it's literally... I they're mean, just, I ain't gonna hold you. Definitely cheaper. I it's went, not the cheap though, bro. They're more skilled. Well, no, they're definitely skilled. I mean, it depends on who you go to because there are people getting bad teeth done overseas. I like Drea's um, teeth too. I know I was going to go to her doctor, but I decided that I did not want my teeth fully shaven. Um, I'm really against like having little tiny teeth. So I found a doctor who does not shave down your teeth um, drastically. He also doesn't do chiclets. Um, it's the same time frame. So I'm excited. I may share that journey with y'all when I go so that y'all can see the before and after and everything. But that's kind of my birthday gift to myself. Last year, I, I got the Rolex. That was my birthday gift. This year, it'll be teeth. Um, but I just realized, too, the stress that comes with planning. And I just, I don't even want my friends to stress. I don't want to stress. I, I just hate went planning. to even, well, yeah. And then, like, uh, I just went to Crystal's <coughs> 30th birthday and it was amazing. Got to see Doug. Who's Crystal? Everybody was Crystal. Oh, I thought Reed. I thought you meant your Crystal was 40. No, no, Crystal from the Reed. Girl, and I was like, not Crystal just, Red. But even like just knowing how many people traveled in town and setting it up because it was at the Sante's and it was just like, nice. oh no, I don't want no birthday party. I'm good. Like, this work. I'm good. I'm my, good. It's work. My... It's coordinating. I just, I'm good. One of my friends did a shout out to Miko. He's actually a talent coordinator for Fuse. He set up like, and I missed it because I was so sick last week after <coughs> I got back. But he was basically like, did a crazy rich Asian. He's Asian, by the way, or crazy rich Asians theme party. Got a sprinter and all this stuff for his friends. And he was like, he told me to show up at dinner. And so when I couldn't make it, he was like, Gila, you understand. Like, this is like a really big party. I'm like, why didn't you tell me it was a big party? He's like, I don't want people to feel overwhelmed. I just told everybody mm -hmm. wear black and come to dinner, but like, I decked it out. And he's like, I spent so much money to have my friends enjoy themselves because I really want my birthday to just be around the people that I want to be around. And, bro, when I tell you, when I thought about that, I was like, I remember paying for everybody for my 30th birthday and it was like a $900 bill. And it was Orlando, so that was kind of cheap because imagine a New York party with 15 right. people. But like, I, I actually, I was mad I spent the money, but, and I know people wanted to pay, but it kind of felt good to like treat my friends to like actually hosting something. Because if you throw a party at your house, you're buying the liquor, you're supplying most of the food, you're doing all that stuff. So you kind of do spend money. But 
that's, I think, the only good thing I would say now about making some extra bread is like, that feels good because you don't want the stress of other people feeling like they're stressing on your shit. And then what about your broke friends? I don't know if you have broke friends, but I got some broke friends and I want them niggas to freak out. It's just a lot. (laughs) It's crazy because I know I'm going to sound like a dud because I know last week or a couple of weeks ago, I talked about how I was shallow and had certain friends that I am, I didn't invite out. I feel so blessed. And I don't know if I just distanced myself or it was just organic. The, and I brag about my friends so much. I have no broke friends. Like That's amazing. When I go out with my friends, bro, we'd be fighting to who's putting their car down. And that's so not like... It's a great feeling to go out with people and know that you can do what you want. I love it. But then also, that's why I be trying to chill on going out to LA. Because every time I go out to LA, I go out with my homegirls. And all my homegirls, because everybody got money and they eat good. Bitch, we our Billy Katana has never been under $1,200. And bitch, it'd be like four of us. Bro, I just ate there what l- the fuck? last week. No. It was me, Alex, and an employee. That's what I'm saying. It's just how when the skew is nine dollars, how do we get there? I don't know. Them skew is be 22. That's why I don't know what you. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network work. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.